This episode of Meet Me for Coffee is brought to you by Chatter365 at chatter365.com. This amazing app that you need for your phone. Get in touch with your community. Talk to people who speak different languages because it has an auto translate feature, which means they speak their language. You speak yours. It translates to you in between. There's no running to Google Translate anymore. Download the app right now, wherever you get your apps for your phone. Being a bass player, being a musician, I've been inspired by many many individuals, um, especially our next guest. He is the co-founder of Megadeth. He owns a coffee company called Ellefson Coffee. How's it going, David? I'm doing well, thank you. Doing well. Just uh, enjoying a cup of coffee, actually, as we speak. It's the afternoon in Arizona right now, so this is my second cup of the day here. And, and where do you get your your uh, your beans from for Ellefson Coffee? Because it's not here in Canada, right? No, we um, we have a, a few roasters. Um, we don't actually go out and harvest the beans and, you know, bring them in and do the roasting ourselves. We contract with other roasters. Originally, where the company started, um, uh, Paul Wagoneer from the uh, band Between the Buried and Me, uh, he is the one that I was connected with to actually start the coffee company. Um, I thought it was a cool idea, but it took meeting somebody who, uh, you know, kind of had the infrastructure in place. So he and his wife had a small little roasting business over in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I met him, I guess, 2016-ish, I guess, something like that. And that was when we started. And that at that time, so the first roast we did was uh, Roast in Peace, which I have it here. So here it is. This is this is the the now version of Roast in Peace. Um, but when it started, um, it was a single origin Brazilian bean that he had. And um, we talked coffee. I said, look, I really like the Sumatra coffees, which is, is from Indonesia. So over in the uh, Pacific. And he said, um, he goes, well, I got a Brazilian. I said, man, my experience with the Brazilian coffee has not been that good. I found it to be very arid, very dry. And I said, look, I have no idea what I was drinking. Drinking. They could have been just cheap beans. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, my first experience was at Rock and Rio, and I'm sure it was just some like cheap bean in the, you know, gift shop of the hotel or something. But um, but he sent it to me, and it's funny, I was I was kind of defiant. So I tried every other bean that he had, and then I came around to this this Brazilian one that he said he swore by, and I drank it. And I was like, you know, the son of a gun is right. It's pretty damn good, you know. So that you ended up being French press for this, or do you make your stuff through the French press? Or no, I mean, I do. I travel with a French press on the road because you know, for touring, um, I always keep a French press with me, and that's the easiest way to do it. I love the ones that are like an actual cup you know, that have the press device yeah. inside the cup, you know, that's the easiest because it can get kind of messy, you know? Um, and when you go to Europe, of course, French press is everywhere. Um, in fact, in America um, and Canada, of course, and, and Japan, um, they, you know, we're the sort of the drip coffee culture, um, you know, probably made famous. I remember when I was a kid, when the Mr. Coffee came out, you know, and Joe DiMaggio was there on TV pimping the Mr. Coffee. Um, and before that, I just remember like as a kid going to church and they'd have those percolators, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know anything about coffee. I, I certainly didn't like the way that tasted, you know, whatever little sips I had of it as a kid still don't quite honestly, I'm not a big fan of the percolator coffee, but um you know, pretty much. I'm personally into the coffee, Turkish you know? coffee. I'm, I'm into the into the Turkish coffee. To be honest with you. Are you? 
Yeah, it's very good. It's very strong. It's got a, you can make it the way you want. And it's kind of has the, the, um, the history behind it as well. But it's really cool that you have your own coffee company. Uh, mm-hmm. How do people, can they get it in Canada or no? Uh, yeah. So ellefsoncoffeeco.com is where all of our, um, where all of our, uh, that's sort of the hub where everything is at. It has got a list of all of our beans, or I say all of our, all of our, you know, blends and our different roasts that we do. Um, it's got our merchandise and everything on there. <clears throat> that will also take you over um, to uh, the UK as well. If you live in the UK and Europe, because we have a roaster over there to facilitate uh, that part of the world. And um, our main roaster here is in Phoenix, who does all the roasting for the beans. So, you know, kind of back to that original roast in peace. Um, you know, when you move roasters, Paul was going through some transitions. So we had to move to a, to a different roaster, which is uh, up in Minneapolis. And we actually still use them for some of our, our coffee orders throughout the Midwest. Um, you know, you're ba- it's like, you know, when you go, when you want to paint your house and you go, I like this color. So you take like a swatch and you take it down to the, you know, to the, you know, whatever the hardware store and they match it. Well, so the coffee flavor matching was the same thing. So this is no longer a single origin Brazil, Brazilian bean, because the roaster here in Phoenix doesn't have that bean. Um, And it was very hard to get and limited. Paul had the inroad on that. So this is a combination. This has a few different things. It It has some Mexican coffee, I think some Colombian coffee. So it's a few different uh, beans blended together. And of course, you know, the real art of, of any coffee is in the roasting. Um, so you can have the best beans and the best bag, but if you don't roast it right, um, you know, it, you get, those are the ingredients. Now, you, you know, the roasting is like being the chef. That's the one who really prepares the meal, if you will. And, and you know what, I, I've honestly been looking forward to meeting you for years now. And uh, it's uh, quite a privilege for you to be on my show. Um, a big uh, uh pinnacle in my my show's history for you to be on my show uh being a bass player um and knowing you like coffee i gotta ask you i drink a lot of coffee how do you take your coffee you know now i'm drinking it with a extra thick oat milk um for years i drank it with half and half and um i've never had any real dairy issues you know i have a doctor friend of mine, he says, look, all humans are lactose intolerant because you're not supposed to drink the milk of another species. <laughs> so, so, true. I, so he said, look, some people, it hits you right away. Sometimes in the middle of your life, sometimes never, but just know that humans are lactose intolerant to cow's milk. Um, and I just started noticing kind of an acid reflux thing. Cause I, you know, I do a lot of interviews. I talk a lot. I sing of course. So I found the oat milk keeps it real clean. Um, and I don't like thin oat milk cause I like it to be kind of nice and creamy. Uh, I did go through a phase a couple years ago where I was just drinking a black. Um, and I actually don't mind that so much now, especially now that I'm, I've been tasting different coffees. Like even when we flavor matched a bunch of this stuff, cause I've got, you know, a lot, a lot of our artists roasts so that, that we do for like, this one's for me and Frank Bello. We do one for Skid Row, um, Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister. We roast for these artists. And generally those are a darker roast in pieces is our, is our, dark roast. Um, but it's, it's kind of a modest dark roast. It's not too bitter or anything. The, the artist roasts tend to be a little bit darker in the, in like a, they're actually more of an Italian coffee. So, um, what I found when I was, when I was flavor matching some of this stuff <clears throat> was that, you know, when you, when you taste it without any cream or anything in it, it has one flavor 
And then when you put milk or any additive to it like that, it can really change, change is literally the chemical uh, balance of it. And my, my chef friend, John Paul um, Hutchins, who was uh, an instructor at Cordon Bleu. So he really knows coffee. He knows food. He knows how to blend wine, coffee, desserts, you know, all the fish, all these things. So he was there and he really walked me through the process. And, and he said, he goes, okay, so now you notice when you put the cream in, like that would work really well with a creme brulee. Like, you know, not so much with like a chocolate cake, but a creme brulee. And I was like, wow, I just opened my eyes to a whole other dimension of, of coffee. And as you know, as you travel the world and of course the Italians, you know, they're very particular about their coffee and they, they, they serve very small little quick shots that you can just pop, espresso? You know, pop them back. Yeah. Espresso shots. And it's more of that. It's kind of more just like a quick like, bang. Let's get going. You know, not so much sitting down to enjoy a big 12 or 16 ounce <laughs> cup of coffee like we do in Canada and, and the U.S. So how do you get it going before a show? I mean, like, obviously you got to get hyped up somehow. You have a, a cup of espresso, a shot of espresso or do a couple of push-ups or how does it work for you? <laughs> well, you know, for me, for coffee, so I wake up in the morning, that's my first cup. And I usually just try to have a nice big cup because it seems like once I drink that and then I go back to the, to the coffee machine to the coffee pot to pour a second one there's something different about it and i don't i don't enjoy it as much so i think it's the sort of eye-opening lift that you get from the first cup of the day um a little later in the day three four o'clock i'll drink uh, a second one and and usually i'll do a little bit of a lighter coffee in the morning and i'll do my darker coffee in the afternoon especially if i'm maybe a little sleepy and again and sometimes if i have a little sweet tooth and chocolate is generally my sweet tooth um that's you're right. Then that's usually, I, I, I like a nice, like a little bit of a darker roast coffee. So light early in the day, dark later. Um, when on tour and before going on stage, um, I try not to drink coffee, certainly within a, about two hours before I go on stage. And part of it is a couple of things. One, <clears throat> I don't want any acid reflux, um, which just kind of makes your throat kind of gurgly and froggy. Um, I like my breath to be nice, um, you know, and I realize I'm just singing into a microphone, but I, I like, I like my palate to be clean. Um, and I also don't want to have to pee, um, especially if we're going into an hour and a half, two hour show, you know, so I, I kind of try to time my buzz with that a little bit, if you will. So it's usually two, sometimes even three hours before I go on stage, I try to stay away from any and, of them. And, and I know, I know the Megadeth thing, uh, a lot of people probably have asked you the same questions over and over again. So let's leave that to the side for now. I know you guys are probably working on some new material recording and whatever. Um, but I know you have a project called Ellefson and people do not talk about this project enough. Like it's, it's awesome. Uh, it's got your buddy, Tom Hazard in it. Um, it's got a uh, Bumblefoot as well. I know my buddy, Dave Sharp used to play with you and, uh, and, uh, Opus as well. Um, over now is a wicked song. Uh, how'd you figure that all out to get it all together with all those guys? You know, it started, uh, Tom had created for me a platform called Base Story, which is basically like taking a clinic, like a base clinic and a storyteller concept out into the nightclubs playing. And then, and I would have some of our combat and EMP record label bands on the bill and they would basically be my backing band. Um, so, you know, they would play and then I'd come up and, and be the headliner. And one night, um, 
I had just invited Tom up to sing a couple songs with me. And, you know, Tom's kind of like a walking jukebox, you know, when it comes to hard rock and heavy metal. So I had him sing a couple things and we were in Florida and he said, hey, why don't we go in tonight after the show and go in the studio at a, at a studio that we work with down there called Master Sound in Tampa. And we went in and, and I wrote uh, the, the, the track Vultures. Um, just kind of picked up a guitar, plugged in and there it was. And so we, we tracked it with, with Opus and, and Dave Sharp. And so that was the first real like, wow, okay, creatively, we knew the band sounded good playing live, just kind of playing, you know, cover songs. But, you know, now then we started to write and it was like, okay, we, we got something here. And um, so last year we pushed out the Sleeping Giants album, which had three new original tracks and a bunch of um, a bunch of songs that I'd had in the vault uh, since as far back as like the Countdown to Extinction tour. Wow. Um, yeah, stuff that I had written. So we put that out and then, um, then we started, you know, working on, and uh, we, we did a tour over in Europe um, and I had, so essentially I have a, a you know, Dave and Opus are, are my U.S. touring band with, with Bumblefoot, of course. And then over in, in uh, Italy, um, convenient for coffee, by the way, in Italy, um, my, my friend Andrea uh, Martin Jelly and uh, his friend Valerio on guitar and, and Paolo Caridi on drums uh, are a fantastic band. And they're, their friend Alessio uh, is our engineer, does all of our mixing for us up in London. So we've got a, like a nice little music factory here that goes, um, you know, I'll come up with a riff, I'll send it to Andy. Of course, he's nine hours ahead of me because uh, I'm here on the West Coast. So I'll send it to him. When I wake up in the morning, he's got like a Pro Tool template already made. I sit down and play bass. We send it to Tom. He sings on it. We send it to Alessio, Bumblefoot. They play guitar, mix it, and it's done. And that's, I mean, it's it's just this cool little, this pride. And that's how we did the No Cover record um, back in June and July. Uh, exactly like that. And called, of course, a bunch of our guests like Al Jorgensen and Charlie Benante. Yeah. So just, it was really cool. I mean, of course, everybody's got the summer off. Everybody's sitting around doing nothing. So, hey, you know what? It helps moment. you with the practice. You get, everybody's got to practice on their base. I, I should probably yeah. get practicing too after the show. David, tell me, tell me how people can get, get your music. Can they still buy it in a physical form on a, on a vinyl copy? They can, yeah. I mean, look, Bandcamp.com is a way that you can get buy it immediately, right away. So um, the Sleeping Giants album is up there. A couple of the tracks from the forthcoming No Cover record are up there. No Cover will be out now November 20th, uh, and it's a global release. It's a worldwide, worldwide release across Asia, Europe, North America. Um, so, uh, that of course, then that will be available at all record stores and vinyl, uh, CD plus of course, all the digital formats as well. It ain't final till it's vinyl. I remember that. I heard that. Glad you know that. Yeah. Me and Dave used to say that all the time. I I, I heard, I heard you say it and you know, it really stuck with me. Uh, you know, it's been a quite a privilege for you to be on my show. We got to do a part two and okay. I want to go into depth on a few records and then your bass plan. And by the way, uh, Ellison, you can find that on all streaming platforms. Um, it's got the vintage David Elston uh, sound, you know, the, the bass tone and whatever. And that's being a musician. I really love that. I've always tried to emulate your sound. And I, and I really appreciate you coming on my show. David, this is part one. We'll do part two very soon. We'll set it up as soon as possible. Thanks again. And let's rock and roll. Sounds good. Good to chat, man. See ya. Take care.